This is the ElectionWise podcast from Minnesota Public Radio News. I'm Molly Bloom. And I'm Curtis Gilbert. Each week we take a question from one of our listeners. And we do our best to come up with an answer for you. So here's what St. Paul resident Al Nawatsky has been wondering about. I hear the candidates talk about their health care plans, but in reality, Congress is writing that law and the president is either going to sign it or veto it. So my question is, how much power does the president actually have when it comes to affecting real change, especially in regard to something like health care? Al is asking about health care. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But really, it's a question about campaign promises and presidential power. Another way to phrase his question is, how often do the policy proposals candidates outline on the campaign trail actually make it into law? Once the candidates become presidents. And Joseph Ellis says, not often. Most of the time, presidents do not deliver on all of their promises or even on most of them. And Joseph Ellis is? Joseph Ellis is an American historian. He teaches at Mount Holyoke College. He's quite accomplished. He won the National Book Award for a book on Thomas Jefferson, and he won the Pulitzer for a book called Founding Brothers. And he doesn't always talk about himself in the third person. Ellis says it's not the case that candidates actually try to lie their way into office. Most often, it's simply that the future is unknowable. Take our current president. He promised that the United States was not going to become the world's policeman, going to be a quasi isolationist American foreign policy. The events of 9-11 changed all that. And Bush was hardly the first president to change his mind when it came to issues of war and peace. Think about Woodrow Wilson. The United States must be neutral in fact, as well as in name, during these days that are to try men's souls. He was re-elected in 1916 on a promise to keep the U.S. out of World War I. A month after he was sworn in, he reversed that position. The world must be made safe for democracy. Oh, and when our editor, Mike Mulcahy, hears a president's name, he involuntarily launches into character voice. My fellow citizens, I believe in divine providence. If I did not, I would go crazy. Don't think we need to hear any more of your Woodrow Wilson. Why? Because we have other presidents to cover. Like Franklin Roosevelt. Today, there is war and rumor of war. We want none of it. As a candidate, he wanted nothing to do with World War II, but that was before Pearl Harbor. And then there was Lyndon Johnson. We are not about to send American boys nine or 10,000 miles away from home to do what Asian boys ought to be doing for themselves. That was from the 1964 campaign. And as we know, we were in Vietnam a year later. Picking up on a theme yet? And that's all foreign policy, an area where the president has some latitude to act unilaterally. Joseph Ellis says when it comes to enacting domestic initiatives, a lot depends on whether the president's party controls Congress. And a president who comes in with a hostile Congress It's almost impossible for them to do anything in terms of domestic policy. All this is not to say presidents never get their way, but most of them have mixed records. Ellis says Bill Clinton actually had a fair amount of success with his domestic policy pledges. He promised to end welfare as we know it, which he did, much to the chagrin of some of his most liberal supporters. However, he also planned to fundamentally reform the health care system, and there he failed. So that brings us to health care. The candidates have been sparring over this one. And expect plenty more. Clinton and Obama's plans are fairly similar. Though they have argued fiercely because Clinton's plan would require all Americans to have health care coverage. And Obama's only mandates coverage for children. And McCain takes a different approach. He doesn't have a mandate at all. He wants to encourage people to buy private insurance that wouldn't be tied to their employer. And Joseph Ellis says it's important to know there's usually a big difference between a 
a candidate's proposal and an eventual law that will have to be hammered out in negotiations with Congress. I think it's a good idea to listen to candidates to get the trust of what they, in this case, would want to do about health care. But I don't think we should expect that anybody is going to actually be able to achieve exactly what they say. So basically, there's no president in American history who followed through on everything he promised when he was running. That's not true. There was one. The only president who actually delivered on them all was James K. Polk. James K. Polk served only one term from 1845 to 1849, and it probably helped that he only promised to do three things. He was going to take care of the economy and get the border issue with Oregon resolved and acquire Texas. Where's that theremin coming from? First, it's not a theremin. It's a singing saw, and I'm appalled you don't know the difference. It's a They Might Be Giants song, and it's about the great President Polk. In four short years, he met his every goal. He seized the whole Southwest from Mexico. Made sure the tariffs fell and made the English sell the Oregon Territory. Built an independent treasury. Having done all this, he sought no second time. This has been the Election Wise Podcast. If you have a question about the election, the candidates, or the issues in this year's campaign, we want to find you some answers. The website is minnesotapublicradio.org. We're in the program's menu. Just click Election Wise. You can also phone in your question. 651-228-4844. A big thanks to historian Joseph Ellis of Mount Holyoke College in Massachusetts. And who could forget our editor, Mike Mulcahy, starring this week as a three-headed presidential monster. His own personal Mount Rushmore. In Minnesota Public Radio News, I'm Curtis Gilbert. And I'm Molly Bloom. Bloom.